This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Jenks, are you superstitious at all? Does the number 13 scare you any? And do you believe in the power of Friday the 13th? I do not. I do not have Triscodecophobia. Although I always find it fascinating that there are no 13s on elevator buttons. You ever notice that? When you mm-hmm. try to, I didn't learn this until a long time ago, where when I say <laughs> until, I don't know, I think I was in my 20s and I never, I never understood why did, I just didn't think about it. There's never a number 13 when it comes to going up an elevator building, whatever. And you just, it's not there because some people are super superstitious about the number 13. They want nothing to do with it. So Bill said in the chat, it's Taylor Swift's favorite number. Of course it is. No. Uh, of course it is. Well, shouldn't Taylor. it be whatever number Travis Kelsey is? What number is Travis Kelsey? I feel 87? like I should know this. 87. I think it's 87. Yeah. yeah, what's Taylor yeah. doing? I don't know. 13? She's trying to she's Who's trying to take 13 back 13 on the Chiefs. Oh god. I don't know. Do they have a Isn't number 13? Th- Odell sure Beckham Jr. Dude. number 13? Is he, he number is? 13? I'm trying I think to think is, of like yeah. famous number 13s. That's the only one oh. I can think of. Can you think of famous any thir- other 13s in sports? Oh, God. Famous 13s? Doesn't mm. seem like a big one, right? No, I don't, I don't think so. What was Wilt Chamberlain? Michael Thomas. That's a good one. Michael Thomas feels like he would wear number 13. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> about right. Wasn't Steve Nash 13? I forget. No idea. I think he was. No idea. <laughs> Dan Marino. Oh, there's a great one. A-Rod. Okay. There's some big names out there. Just been a yeah. while. Wilt Chamberlain was 13. I was right about that. Okay. We got some big names okay. out there now. Some people are screaming at the radio right now. They're saying, Dan Marino, A-Rod, Wilt Chamberlain. Are these names not big enough for you? <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, we found them. It just took us a while. Uh, for me, I actually like 13 as well because – did you know my mom was born on Friday, October the 13th, 1949 to oopsie just revealed her age. Uh, but Ooh. still, she loves the number 13. She okay. uh, likes all things like kind of spooky. Because if you're born on a Friday, the thir- uh, October the 13th, doesn't that feel like the most, I don't want to like say the spookiest day of the year because that's yeah. reserved for Halloween and Nick Saban's born on Halloween, which Hmm, that seems funny, doesn't it? Uh, but I always play 13 when I play roulette. Oh, do you really? All right. Well, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Some people legitimately, I mean, it's a real thing where some people actually have that true fear of the number, which is strange to me, but it's never bothered <laughs> me. I always thought Friday the 13th was just fun, right? It's a reason to watch a scary movie. Obviously, it started with the whole scary movie thing and Friday the 13th and Jason Voorhees, but it's never really bothered me. Is that literally where it started from? Is just that movie? I feel like it did. Am I wrong about that? I have no idea. Has, That's why I asked. Like, do you think it's dated back sort of further history. in history? Like, I'm sure there's I'm some, the, like, numerology yeah. with, like, numbers being weird. Um, but, yeah, I don't know where that started. But somewhere Jason Voorhees is screaming at the radio and saying, how dare you? Does he talk? I don't think he does. Does he? I don't think so. No. He does he not just, talk. He just he just goes up stands, to you and lurks. gives you a little nod with the hockey mask and then rips your innards out. That's what he does.
Oh, it's the season where all of the villains don't ever break a, a walk, but somehow manage to gain ground on whoever they are chasing. Imagine doing that in the NFL where you see like Michael Myers just walking down the field. Nobody's chasing him or nobody's catching him. You're like, man, that guy walks fast. That's the biggest <laughs> conundrum, I think, in horror movies to me. It's like, how is he always walking? Oh, I, that is a very good question. Horror movie, it's not really my thing. Do you like horror movies? I, I no. kind of get, I don't get scared. I, I honestly get kind of bored. Some people appreciate the campiness of it, which I which I understand that. But for me personally, I'm like, all right, this seems kind of trite and I get bored. Maybe I'm no fun, but yeah. I just, I've never really gotten into horror movies. No, and it makes me mad when they show promos for horror movies during NFL games. I am not in the mood to be scared, folks. Can you not put that on my screen when I'm trying to enjoy football? I'm not in the mood to be scared. It's nighttime. So let's turn our attention towards the NFL. Why we are here. Because we have our pick six on tap. Pick six. Pick six. All right, Jenks. You want to lead off for us here? I sure do. And guys, let's talk. A little Seahawks football plus three at the Bengals. The Seattle Seahawks, led by upstart quarterback Geno Smith, once a gentleman and now leading Seattle into battle. Oh, everyone's jumping on the Bengals train. Woohoo, big win last week. Yeah, you beat the Cardinals. Joe Burrow got on track. Oh, oh yeah. Sure did against the Cardinals. I like Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase. They were great last week, but here's the thing. The Seahawks continue to surprise us. Geno Smith in this spot as an underdog against the spread. 20-13-2. Not only that, you have a very balanced Seattle team. Top 15 on offense. Top 15 on defense. It's going to be windy and cold this weekend in Cincinnati. What does that mean? It means you got to be able to run the ball, so watch out for Kenneth Walker the third and that Seahawks ground game. Seattle could win outright. I will gladly take three in Cincinnati. Hell yeah. This is going in the teaser for me. All I will right. gladly take the Seahawks plus nine, plus eight and a half, whatever you can get them at. I think it's a great teaser leg as well. If you want to watch that one, a 1 p.m. kickoff in the East on Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati. Pick six. Pick six. All right. I did a little waffling here on this Commanders and Falcons game because I have two leans. I was first leaning towards the Falcons to cover the two and a half at home. But now I feel like I'm going to look at the total because it feels like this is the play for Commanders games because this has been the problem for Washington is their defense. This is the reason that Ron Rivera could be on the hot seat. A defensive guy giving up all these points to the Bears. They give up, what, a 40 spot to Chicago? So when you're seeing a total on this one, I believe it's 41 and a half, maybe 42 in some spots. I will take an alternate total here over 41. It is a key number at minus 130. I believe the Falcons can run the ball effectively. And plus, we saw a little light from Desmond Ritter as a passer last week. I don't expect him to throw for 300 plus yards every single week, but I do think this offense, especially at home, can get things going against this commander's defense that's been really subpar. And then the commanders, on the other hand, 
Uh, don't we see it every week? They put up points in the second halves of games mm -hmm. to at least push it over the total. So I'll take the over 41 between the Commanders and the Falcons. I think this is a great pick on your end. Not only is the Commanders defense really, really bad right now, and that is a huge point of contention here in D.C. They're trying to figure out how to fix it, but you sort of apply this as well. Talked about it. They have a ton of injuries. They can't stop anyone. And the Falcons are much more effective at home. So I love that play, Chelsea. It's Washington and Atlanta taking a field. One o'clock Eastern on Sunday. Pick six. Pick six. Hmm. Let me sip a little coffee and get ready for this one. Colts plus four in Jacksonville. Suddenly, I am a believer and what the Colts are doing. At least I'm a believer in the number here. How's this for a little nugget? As the Jag starter, when the spread is four points or more, Trevor Lawrence, 0-5 against the number, and you're getting four points here. Also, I know he doesn't have the ceiling that Anthony Richard has, but Richardson has, but Gardner Minshew has been very, very good. One of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and also maybe a little bit of a revenge spot for Gardner Minshew, remember, when Minshew Mania started, and it lasted, what, two, three weeks? This started where? In Jacksonville. I think the Jags are still adjusting from that road trip in London. This is too many points. Give me the road dog. Colts plus four in Duval. Let's go. Divisional dogs, they be barking. Uh, we saw it mm. last week. Remember that game between the Steelers and the Ravens? The Steelers were getting four points in that one as well. And what did the Steelers do? They won outright despite being a team that nobody would want to back. And that's my point here. Divisional dogs are usually a very strong play. And it doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is or what the offense is looking like or anything. But situationally, like you said, the Jags coming back from London, the one place where I do want to play the Jags. But it feels like a case of too many points here for the Colts. Uh, who have found their stride and have been much better. I feel like there's not that big of a drop-off between Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew uh, from what we are seeing this year. Of course, Anthony Richardson has the much higher ceiling, but Gardner Minshew can drive that car, and he's going to do it in style while sporting some kind of bandana. So I'll take the Colts <laughs> here. It feels like a great spot for a divisional dog, especially over a field goal. Let's go Colts plus four if you want to watch that one Minshew mania making a return trip to jacksonville on sunday at one eastern pick six pick six in foxborough the only thing taking more losses than the patriots are the sweatshirts worn by bill belichick hole <laughs> after hole representing loss after loss oh my god you see a picture of him after last weekend's loss oh man that sweatshirt seen some things bill belichick seen some things not good patriots at raiders under 42 guys under 42 the patriots cannot do anything right by the way if you're interested in a play on the spread mac jones in his last 12 starts as an underdog in the nfl and they are a dog here oh and 12 oh and 12 i am still on the under New England bench Jones has benched in the past couple weeks, Chelsea. That offense just cannot move the ball. And as we saw on Monday night, the Raiders can't move the ball either. They are playing on a short week. Jimmy G is turnover prone, leads the NFL in interceptions. Devontae Adams, not 100%. This is going to be a rock fight 
under 42 out in Sin City. Yeah, what are we doing with this total? This is yeah. the first impression, Rose, that I believe both of us gave uh, at the start of the week. When you see a total over 40 between two of the worst offenses in the league, what do you do? You take the under. And it's nothing to do even with the matchup, defensively speaking, because nobody's going to come on here and say, well, the Raiders are a really tough defensive matchup. Uh, we saw that game between the Packers and the Raiders, where both teams had a very palatable defensive matchup, and we still saw a very low-scoring game. I think that's the case here. Josh McDaniels, I don't have any faith in him, especially on a short week. You think he's going to oh, get God. it together with only a few days to prepare against his former coach, Bill Belichick? No. I don't believe in them and I certainly don't believe in Mac Jones who I think might be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now so of course I'm gonna be on the under as well this is a squad play and for good reason I do think it's smart that maybe you bump it up uh, here to under 42 uh, but I think I would still take the number that is posted as well. I don't think this one's going to be too much of a sweat. Also mm -hmm. think that the first half under would be a solid play as well. The Raiders offense has really struggled in the first halves as well as the full game. So any way you slice it, I don't think we're seeing a ton of points in this Pats and Rangers matchup that I, for one, do not want to watch. I am not going to watch this. The whole Brillichek thing is, is fascinating to me, Chelsea. It really is, just because I feel like he's going to step down after this season. We don't really know what's going to go on, but I can't imagine him continuing to be the head coach of the Patriots after this year. By the way, if you want to watch this game, 405 in Sin City on Sunday, but I don't know. I, I, I think this is one of the more fascinating storylines in the NFL, just because you're talking about a Hall of Fame head coach whose legacy, I wouldn't say is being tarnished, but there's going to be that whole thing. He's not the same without Brady. He's not the same without Brady, which isn't necessarily fair, but it's out there. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's the case now, right? Even people yeah. who are not like big football fans literally point this out. They're like, wow, Tom Brady left. What happened to Bill Belichick? Always been terrible, huh? Strange coincidence there, but you could probably say that about most head coaches. Like if Andy Reid had Mac Jones, I feel like his offense probably wouldn't be as successful either. So I'm sure there is some nuance in there involved. Uh, but yes, it does look like it's the case. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.